Jesus is not in these buildings. Jesus is not in these people. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Jesus is in me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Evolve Radio podcast, where we have honest, raw conversations on life, faith, and change. My name is Pastor Wa, and guess who's on the line? The Unreverend Sammy, of course. <laughs> Are you doing, man? <laughs> doing very well, doing very well. Um, driving down um, from D.C., this is 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And uh, I have uh, two special people I'm going to see, uh, uh, my son, so I have to drive down that's, uh, pretty fast here. So That's fantastic. But, uh, we're good to go. Yeah, 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 we can hear you. Well, we just wanted to welcome our, our listeners to this particular episode, which is a continuation of the previous one on uh, this LGBTI conversation from uh, Kampala, Uganda. What did you think of the previous episode? Um, it was very eye-opening. I think uh, just listening to um, a person's struggle that is in Africa, yeah. who was very clear about who they are and uh, what their place in the world is. That story continues. We get to ask him a, a number of questions. Um, the meaning of the LGBTI, the abbreviation. We will talk about his sex change, which which he did, and he has a message for the uh, straight world and the church as well. In the previous episode, you'd mentioned uh, you think part of the problem with with homophobia is basically what how the Bible addresses the whole issue of homosexuality, right? Yeah, for me, for me, the, the Bible is biased heavily on one end of how to handle the whole gay conversation. Yeah. Uh, it's very difficult. And I, and, I, and I would even understand some gay Christians saying, hey, by the way, you know, uh, the Bible doesn't address it quite as directly. From where I stand, um, you couldn't be more clear than Moses or Paul in terms of um, how to handle the gay individuals within the community. Most of it approaches homosexuality from a very behavioristic, you know, center. Right. So, so it, it's all about identifying who is gay um, right. and what to do about their very sinful behavior. Um, whether whether they are practicing or not practicing, it doesn't matter. Um, Sodom and Gomorrah stands as evidence for right. most people right. that about God's attitude towards, um, towards, towards, towards that, yeah. Towards gay people, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a, that makes a quite an interesting conversation because also the fact that there's a grappling, there's a big community that says, yes, that's true, but we also need to interpret scriptures differently than they were interpreted those days. Uh, that that introduces an interesting twist into the thing. So yeah. I think it's going mm-hmm. to be interesting just hearing the uh, his story and actually towards the end, what his message for the church is. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing that as well. I, I it's very interesting um, in the last episode how um, you know that whole why you gay interview went mm-hmm. you know the setup of it uh, but also how it, it epitomizes a lot of how the church reacts to the conversation right um, so the, the, uh, what he had to say about um, the ostracization you know uh, just being pushed out mm-hmm. by the church uh, but also the way that conversation particularly went, even though he had a moment of uh, redemption, um, it was very interesting to listen to how universal 
the reaction of the church is yeah. and of the African community. Isn't um, is, it, it would probably be the same anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I found that to be very interesting, actually, that the, the reaction is almost uh, uniform, all right across right. Uh, different spectrums. So it, right. It, and there's no script to this. Um, in yes. fact, the only script you can say exists is the fact that um, a lot of the ones that react will say there's a gay agenda. Right. Which, you know, he, he talks about it. He yeah. says, um, he talks about how there's no gay agenda. Right. It's just Ugandans trying to be Ugandans. Right. Yeah, just li- the moment that word is used, agenda, it completely makes it uh, like a doctrine. Well, it does, and and I think that it, in a lot of ways it sets up uh, problems later for them or for anyone because what it does is you pin motive on someone. Once you say someone has an agenda, you know you can pin motive to them, and therefore justify you know um, actions exactly. towards them or against them. And I and I guess in yeah. in somewhat has. Uh, that whole claim that there's an agenda has uh, powered the um, the dehumanization of the LGBTI community, even among people of faith yeah. uh, across the world. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. So that's a that's a quite an interesting look into uh, how people react into it. And I and I I think that all across the world where people are encountered or encounter this conversation, then the reactions are the same. Which reminds me, Sami. Uh, yes. It probably boils down again to a very tribalistic instinct, which what we were talking about in the previous in, uh, yeah. episode, isn't it? It is. It totally is. Mm. It's, uh, it's, um, they are they, they, are they the them, and we are us and we. Right. And therefore, our since they do not behave in a way that my tribe approves. Right. So therefore, they are less human than I am, and it's it's, it's tribalism, but even it's it's almost it's a dehumanization. It's a tribalistic attitude that dehumanizes. Right, right, right. Um, and so, yeah, you have you have people who literally went to the same schools, went to the same churches, yeah, that suddenly belong to another tribe. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's simply a title. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to let you drive. Be safe. uh, Enjoy time with your kids and and pass our love to them. And uh, we're going to appreciate it, man. Yeah. And uh, we're going to jump into this second episode. If you've not listened to the first episode, we would highly recommend that you listen to it uh, on uh, the introduction of this LGBTI conversation featuring Pepe Julian Onjima from uh, Uganda. And. Uh, engage us on our social media uh, sites and, and different spaces, and we'll be glad to um, engage back with you. All right, Sami, we'll catch you later. Enjoy your time. Thank you, Pastor. All yeah. right. Have uh, a good one, man. Yeah, all right, bye bye. All right. What does the what does the abbreviation LGBTI? I'm assuming that's 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 right. LGBTI stand for. Aha! You started the big questions. <laughs> I said now, the, yeah? the big questions are here. <laughs> yeah. So LGBTI is um, 
It stands for the L stands for lesbian. That okay. is uh, uh, people who identify as women loving women, right? So these women who want to be with other women. Yes. Okay. Sexually, mentally, you know, emotionally, they're attracted to, to women. The G stands for gay, which is uh, men, again, okay. who are attracted to to fellow men. And then the B is people, persons who are uh, attracted to either of the genders. Okay. The B is... Uh, bisexual. Bisexual. Yeah. So bisexual so, is you, you're attracted to your gender and the opposite yes. gender. Okay. And of course, the myth around that is that you're polygamous, but no, it's... Uh, it's different genders. Yes. Right. So that... Yeah. <laughs> so the sexuality um, and then there's uh, identity. Maybe yeah. we'll get into that. Right. So LGB mm-hmm. is what I've explained. So T mm-hmm. is for transgender. And then I is for intersex. I don't. I, I don't really want to reinforce the word, but mm-hmm. for, for 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 people to understand what it means, uh, the derogatory term, yeah. or some people say medical term, uh, which is not really medical, is hermaphrodite because that was the description was there, but that is being taken away. Okay. So it's intersex. Trans people are people who are born. Right. They are assigned a gender at birth. Right that in their lifetime is not the gender that they identify with mm. in terms of uh, mannerism, f- emotions, and all they express themselves in the opposite. Okay. Or neither. Again, the issue of binary. Mm. So because when you're a trans person and you move from the scale of, let's say, you assigned female at birth, then you start to you know, transition, you start to evolve into maleness. People expect for you to move, okay, you're trans, you are born female, you must be male if if, if you're if, if you're moving. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. If you if you're trans if so if, if you're, you're transitioning. Right. If you're transitioning so you com- make a complete transition. Yes, right. That is that that is that's the assumption. Assumption. And then of course there's a male to female right. as well. So okay. that's for trans. Okay. Uh, and then for Intersex is what I was explaining. People who are born with ambiguous Sex organs. sexual organs, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also not really about organs. Because right. uh, we also the assumption is that they have to be visible, mm-hmm. but they don't have to be visible. So for 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 instance, some persons can be born with uh, testes that did not descend, right, and the internal, right, or, or someone who is presenting to you as male, right. Um, you know, for instance, you'll see a person who uh, has breasts mm-hmm. and uh, when a pathology is, 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 is performed, mm-hmm. they have ovaries, but they're presenting to you as male. Ah. And at later stages, you find, especially for the intersex, most of them are born and they are decided in hospital that mm-hmm. this child, the ambiguity is not allowed to, right. to, to play out. Right. So they decide medically that, okay, this person is going to be female. Okay. And then right. you know, when they are growing up, things change. Right. Yeah. So that is, that is, that is uh, LGBTI. Okay. Yeah. There's a cue sometimes. So, and Usually. That's, and that's why I posed it because I'm like, there's something. So there's a cue. Right. But also it depends uh, from movement to movement. Mm-hmm. So for, for Uganda, mm. the working language for us is LGBTI. But you'll find that when you're talking to 
there's an, a community called the LBQ community. Ah. So that's lesbian, bisexual, queer women. The cue for them is uh, people who, of course, questioning, people mm-hmm. who are queer who do not want to be in any of the binaries, just a form of expressing themselves the way they want to, They're embracing their own ambiguity without having to put it in any of the binaries. I think that that's important because uh, to understand, for people to understand that, because sometimes it's assumed... Uh, the word is just people say you know it's just those guys <laughs> those guys <laughs> you know in in Swahili it's how watu you know mm. those those people mm. that then leads me to ask you why are you this way I guess I mean that question that <laughs> you answered that morning uh, why are you this way what um, God created um, people clearly male and female why do we why must we confuse what um, what God created or God designed. And that becomes a point of contention to for people, I guess. But, and we're going to get to that. I know you have a response for that. But, <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to that, um, you have your story. Yes. Yeah. You, you are part of the LGBTI community. Yes, I am. Identify as I <laughs> for purposes of this conversation. Yes, for purposes of this conversation. <laughs> oh, is is this okay? Can I ask? I I, I want to answer this one. So okay. I am a queer trans man. You ah. ask me, or yeah, a heterosexual trans man. So okay. that is, I have an identity. I have I have I have my gender identity, but right. I also have my sexual identity. Right. Yes. Okay. So proud, happily out trans man. Living in Kampala, yes. Wow. So you were, you were, your assigned gender at birth was female. Was female. Yes. Okay. And you know, when we talk about transitioning, mm-hmm. uh, people tend to think of one thing, mm-hmm. but it begins from you identifying yourself. You, um, not identifying, but you basically finding yourself. That thing occurring to you that oh this thing that i am it's not working it's not who i am it's not what i am you know all that for Mm. you to accept yourself have that journey within you first and i think you know looking back i think for me that journey where i started paying attention to it was maybe when i was maybe about five and sometimes the age shocks people but with my own daughter i see i I see her becoming independent like from three Mm -hmm. she's beginning to ask her own questions she started she's yeah. five now yeah and at five 
I, I'm seeing her <laughs> constructing her own world. Yes. You know? Yes. So me at that age is making sense mm. that I'm actually not crazy to think that my journey began when I was really, really little. Yeah, you were five years old. Yes. Wow. And, uh, and what was that like? Man. The thing is, right now I'm thinking about it with an adult brain. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have language for it, you've processed yes, it. Yes, But like, but uh, I, I, I guess... I didn't have language for it, so my expression was through clothes. It was through uh, the games that we played, mm-hmm. which role I always played. Yeah. And I think, I really love my family. Every family has its issues and yeah. stuff, but my family realized very early that I was kind of different. So I had... <laughs> I was loaded, man. I had I had boy clothes, I had girl clothes. Mm. But most of my clothes yeah. were what they called boy clothes. Right. So and I don't even know how they did it because when I started school I had my khaki shorts and a white shirt. It would be like on special occasions where I would have a blue skirt. Or, yeah. But every time there's a teacher, mm-hmm. my teacher I, w- I went to Shimoni demonstration school. Mm-hmm. Now there's that Kingdom Hotel or whatever there. Yeah. <laughs> I went yeah. to I went to that school um, mm. and I remember going to P1 and it's I, primary one primary one mm. and when I was in the class I freaked out because uh somehow people were teasing me mm-hmm. because my name and the way I was dressed you know they were like so kids mm. kids they were sort of teasing me and I think it kind of started from there, me yeah. being assertive of looking different to people. Mm-hmm. And But there was this teacher who kind of was supportive, maybe even without knowing. I think for her, she was just supporting a kid. I remember she would notice mm. every time I wear a skirt, mm. I wouldn't speak in class. Mm. I wouldn't speak in class. Yeah, And yet I was chatty, I was... I was sharp. Right. <laughs> I would answer right. questions. Right. I would help other kids. Hmm. So she made it. She 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 told my my guardian that you know what, and even and even the school. So I was like, always oh, that kid in different schools who was dressed differently. Right. So Good it, enough, it was you know supported. Right. Maybe without even knowing. Mm. You know? But for me, it helped me excel in school. Right. Because I was in I was comfortable. You're feeling comfortable. Yeah. yeah just dressed differently. Yeah. So this is at five. Um, by the time you're becoming a teenager, you were telling me then you you came out to yourself or to your family? So to myself, yeah. to myself, I think me beginning to to just say, you know what? Yeah. I don't care about anyone else. Right. I'm just going to live my life yeah. was uh, at nine. And, and, and oh, what wow. happened at nine hmm. was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was what parents call a bad kid. <laughs> <laughs> a bad kid, yeah. <laughs> I was a bad kid. We were playing, um, we were playing, you know, the games, mommy and daddy. Oh yeah. And then um, there was there was a girl. Yeah. Uh, I was playing with her. She was playing uh, the mother, and I was playing the dad. And honestly, Pastawa, mm-hmm. I'd never seen people kiss. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen any of that stuff. Hmm. But I kissed her. Hmm. And the neighborhood went berserk. Like, kids were talking about it. They were teasing me. And of course, I was feeling I was the guy. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. I was punished like for a month. 
No. Yes. What do you mean punished? Canes. No. <laughs> so who's caning you? I I, I had step brothers older. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I had I had those brothers, hmm. but there was one particular one who was kind of like a favorite. So he was really he was he would do whatever he wants. Yeah. You know he was already in secondary school. Yeah. He gave me a beating. <laughs> oh man. And then. My auntie, not my mom, not the one I call my mom. Yeah. Now my auntie, who was like the loaded one, uh-huh. was going abroad and bringing us all these fancy things. Yeah. For her, you have to be brilliant in school mm-hmm. and you have to be well behaved. And now I'd faltered on one. Yeah. I was not behaving yeah. well. You kissed a girl. I kissed a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was. Caned. So, so I was punished. Uh, man. I, I, I love. I love uh, peanuts. Yeah. So, like, the whole time going to school, I, I wouldn't have peanuts. I was really bad with food, so mm-hmm. that was the only thing that I could eat. Mm. So, basically, like, they starved me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And and so, so, so but the, were you punished because, because you, it, it was, I just, it, it didn't make a difference whether you were a, a boy kissing a girl or, or a girl kissing a girl? In or, my head, right. I'm a boy kissing a girl. Right. Yeah? But right. to them, they're seeing two girls. Ah. You see? Of course, yeah. 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 And remember in this game, I'm daddy, come on. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah. so the question that, my question is, was any form of sexual expression at that time, because kids do this. Mm. I mean, I we did it. Mm. Um, so was, was the punishment because you did that or was it because it was a girl and a girl? It was both. It okay. was both. Because I remember... Uh, I, I remember the the, the house help because mm. I had a best friend. Mm. Uh, he was like, if you did it with your best friend, it would be okay. But you did it with this girl. That is why. So uh, I was punished because I did it. Right. But then uh, th- that was one of the punishment. Then the other one is because I did it with, with a girl. With a girl. Mm. Yeah. 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 So for me, it was also the time I first heard the term homosexual. Ah, and who did you hear it from? Uh, I don't remember who said it particularly, but it went on in my circles and school. Right. You know. Now that's in reference to you. In reference to me. Mm. And I used to be a nerd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to be a nerd, and I, I had I had a brother again, my stepbrother, who not not this other one. There's an older one mm-hmm. who was um, who was being who was training in a teacher's college, and. I think he, he, he faced his own <laughs> marginalization yeah. because he wasn't that, you know, brainy. So I would read the dictionary with him. Ah. I started reading the dictionary like maybe at six when I just joined primary school. Because yeah. I did to understand, you throw a word at me, I'm like, this right. way I can, you I, know. <laughs> so I learned my first book to read, okay, apart from the Good News Bible, right. was the dictionary. Right. So I went and found that and I'm, I was like, what? But this, yeah. is, this is not me. I'm a boy and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. every time people called me that, yeah. um, again, I don't know mm-hmm. how it happened. I guess there's some magical things that happen. <laughs> I I embraced this word. Mm. And every time someone called me that, I would smile and I would bounce, you know, I would walk. And people didn't understand. Mm. I guess for me, uh, you know, God gave me some coping mechanisms that mm-hmm. yeah. were mine. Yeah. You know, so for yeah. me, I think that was the way mm. I was coping with all this negativity around me. Right. Yeah. So I embraced the word. I was like, hey, 
Yeah. I, am, I am one. Yeah. You know, I'm the only one. That's how I used to, mm. you know, move around school. That's amazing. So at nine, you're already now sort of this awareness. You're mm. comfortable being male than you are being female. What happens at 12? 12, now I'm, <clears throat> I'm aware of my body. My body is beginning to, to change. To change. Yeah. I'm feeling all these things when I see <laughs> girls. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, what is happening? Yeah. Of course, it took me to the trauma of nine. But somehow the attraction was comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I questioned mm-hmm. it. But then I was like, hey, this thing was happening when I was little. Yeah. It is still here. Yeah. I just... I should I should put a label on it right. and move on. And the label that was known to me at that time mm. was lesbian. Okay. So I I came out mm-hmm. as, as lesbian. I I, I I I spoke to I spoke to my mom. I'd spoken to a couple of cousins. I talked to <clears throat> a friend at school, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and what did, what did you tell him? What did you tell mom? <laughs> it is so lame, though. <laughs> <laughs> the way I went. Yeah. Parents know us. We like we know kids. We yeah, know our course. kids, but yeah. we, we we try. I think to make. Mm-hmm. kids speak to us mm-hmm. and I think that was my case as well mm. so I went and I forged this story <laughs> about this boy who likes me at school and I remember she asked me uh, do you like him I was like I don't know mm. I've come here to figure it out <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't know the boy mm-hmm. if there's a boy anyway right so I'm you know I'm, I'm mumbling my words and she had come she had just come back from work but honestly, for me, that, that day, mm-hmm. I felt like I have to talk about this thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even make up the story. The story came when I entered her bedroom to talk mm-hmm. to her. And she told me, come back when you're ready to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm, in my head, I'm like, but I'm ready to talk. I've come to talk. Yeah. Why is she making this so difficult? And I told her, I'm ready to talk. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, you're not ready to talk. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're ready to talk, but not tell me the truth. When you have the truth, you can come back. Mm-hmm. So in my head, uh, and I was just, the seconds, I was like, if if I walk out of here, mm-hmm. I'll never have this conversation again. Yeah, She's in a good mood. I didn't even know how she was going to react. Then I was like, actually, <laughs> there's, there's no boy, there's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> do you like her? How do you like her? Mm. I'm like, I really, really like her. I did her homework. I carried her books. Mm. I shared my my meal and all that, and um, because my birthday was approaching, yeah. so I'm like, um, I, w- I would like her to be there for my birthday. Mm. And she said, "Okay, what's her name?" I said the name. I think she was two years older than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "Okay." Then she gives me. <clears throat> she gets up. Of course, I cringe a bit because I'm yeah. like because I'd heard stories of people. Uh, at school saying hmm. the times they've they've talked about it they've been beaten they've been Assaulted. moved school wow. they've been you know 
because they think the school is the one that's teaching them these bad manners and mm. stuff. So when she got up, I cringed and I was like, oh, mm. may, my beating is probably coming up. Wow. So uh, it didn't come up mm-hmm. and I left, I left her bedroom with uh, First Corinthians uh, mm-hmm. 13, hmm. the, the scripture about love. Hmm. And that was it for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I might have come out the, you know, with the wrong label. Right. But that was the reaction. So I go to my room and I read it and read it and read it. And love has always remained one of my values, one of my, my, uh, my philosophies. Yeah. You know, yeah. because of that. Wow. Yeah. That was a moment of affirmation, I guess. Absolutely. I guess. Absolutely. So, so now mom knows, obviously, you like girls. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You you have another coming out to do, right? Maybe two more. Pastor, there's a lot of coming out to do. <laughs> a lot of coming out. So at, so at 15? Because she also had to come out. Now she say, had to, yeah. To her, you know, siblings and... Yeah, uh, family. Yeah. To sort of create an environment for you, I guess. Yes. To be safe. So then at 15? So at 15, yeah. I'm in high school. Um, and there was an article that came in... Uh, Came, came in the newspapers yeah. where it wasn't even an article. It was just names of kids my age mm-hmm. being outed for being, for suspicion so if you're sus- of being LGBT if you- or of being gay at that right. time. Right. Yeah. So, so if you're suspected, they... Te- send you out of school. Huh. Uh, of course, when you're sent out of school for, for that, yeah. then at home, you're also kicked out of home. And at 15, at 13... Which year is this? This is uh, 1990. I don't remember the exact year. Three, maybe. Wow. Four. Early 90s, mid 90s. Yeah, mid 90s. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And because for me, I already had the shell yeah. at home, I did not understand yeah. how hostile it is. Yeah. Outside, yeah. Outside so the circle. Yeah. That, so, in a way, I came out of. Uh, I, I came out uh, through. Yeah. Through a letter that I wrote to the editor of um, of, of 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 a pullout magazine yeah. in a national daily at that time okay. called Straight Talk, mm-hmm. uh, where teens were allowed to, you know, to to to, to speak about sexuality. Mm-hmm. But of course, it was confined. Yes, <laughs> it was in ways that with the church, with mm-hmm. tradition, and all that stuff. Yeah. So that was it for me, and that's when like my activism began. Uh-huh. And uh, it was also at that time that I, I, I actually made up my mind that I must find out what this thing that I am is. Mm. There must be a name for it. What is the name ah. for, for, for who I am? Yeah. Because the one that I came out as is not who I am. That's the end of this episode, part of an interview with Julian Pepe Onjema, a trans believer from Uganda. In the next episode, I get to ask him some interesting questions. Uh, what it means to be a gay believer and what would the LGBTI community want the church and the non-gay world to know? You don't want to miss that. It's the next episode uh, on Evolve Radio Podcast. Please subscribe, like and follow us. Uh, Evolve Radio Podcast and you can share it with your loved ones. Mm-hmm.